Humanity should be wiped out. Hello and welcome to episode number 204 of Grumpy Old Ben's Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where a cheap plumber is impossible to find. And from America's left coast, where spring is in the air, I'm Ryan Bemrose. You have snow on the ground. Yeah, we do, but it's melting right now. The temperature... For the first time in two weeks, just about the first time since I got back from Hawaii, it's above freezing here. So we're going to call this spring, which is fine because between now and June, we're going to have about six springs and then five more winters. You get it's, precipitation. It's in solid form. It liquefies. Repeat. Actually, the only weird thing about it is it's not raining here. But if it's not but snowing, it's okay. It is not snowing right now. I just spent a chunk of this morning pushing slush off of my deck and off of my driveway so that I could, you know, find it. So you could party naked out in the uh, deck. Well, I did that in the snow. Well, see, that's even better. Cause then you just roll around. Everybody's seen, I mean, cats, I don't think do that, but dogs love it, man. No, no the cats are a little smarter than I am. <laughs> like I'm not going out there, dude. It's cold. <laughs> it's wet. No. What? Our, our old cat, the one that's the same age as Growly. She's 18 now. Uh, she, absolutely has spent her whole life loving the outside and wanting to go out there. And uh, this last week, there were a couple times, maybe three or four where she's just demanding, you know, cats don't beg, they demand to go outside and, you know, you'll open the door and she'll just try to run out in between your legs. If you don't kick her and she goes outside and takes about four steps and then realizes it's 26 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit. Something changed out here. Like, wait a minute. This isn't the outside I wanted. The outside I wanted has sunshine and heat. We all have that same feeling. Yeah. And uh, yesterday I had a plumber out. The wife bought two toilets and man, the toilets were cheap. I guess they were like 50, 60% off or something, which was great because they're nice Kohler toilets, but just the labor to install two toilets. And we already had the toilets on the upper level of the house where these were going. Were, were you adding toilets or what? They were just replacing the ones that were in the house when we bought it. Cause they're like 20, 30 years old, whatever it was. And yeah. I mean, it was time they were starting to kind of break down. They were the lower toilets and you know, you know, toilets aren't supposed to break down. They're not a consumable. I didn't think so either. I was like, what well, do we really, I mean, I don't care. I mean, I'm six foot. I six. mean, I guess if you have fat people sitting on them all the time, but. that could be it. It breaks the thing underneath and then you got a, you got a real problem there, but it's like, I don't mind the higher toilets and that's what these are because I'm six foot six, but otherwise, you know, they sell those even little devices, the squatty potties. Cause they're like, well, you don't want to have a, you don't want to be sitting up like 18 feet in the air while you're doing your business. I guess you're supposed to get, be get a stool, right? You know, same thing, but the labor to just put two toilets in. 588 bucks yeah you're not paying for time though you're paying for expertise because 
Yeah. What are the consequences of that getting screwed up? Well, that was exactly the case that the uh, wife made when it's like, yeah, can't you just do that? I mean, I've seen people do it. I know it's a very, it's the, uh, the hardest thing is getting the toilet down right on the flange and not breaking it. And, you know, I, I'm generally a, a, a proponent of doing things yourself around the house when, you know, it, it's silly to include a, a professional of some kind, like running like, electrical I do, wires. Yeah, I do my own electrical. <laughs> I do. My, well, I do my own electrical because I studied how to do that back in college. I was actually had a brief time when I studied how to do home electrical because I had to do it for the whole fraternity house. And I know how to do it. And, uh, and uh, also, you know, my mentor uh, on the alumni at the fraternity is a licensed electrician. So he stood there with me. I got to watch uh, do the whole thing. I got to do a bunch of it myself. I know how to do electrical. I'm never going to get licensed by the state. So I'm never going to get paid to do electrical, but I have no problem doing my own electrical. Despite the fact that if you screw that up, you burn your house down. Right. Well, Just that's don't the do pr- that. That's the proof in the pudding. If your house is not burned down, and my and house get- is currently standing. So there you and go. Covered in and covered in melting snow. So if somebody asks but, you, like, well, what are you? What's your authority on this? You're like, my house hasn't burned down. But I don't do plumbing. Period. No, and they did have to bring the power tools out and like break the bottom of the one toilet just to get it out. So I'm assuming that it was maybe old and rusted or something. And who knows? The the most complicated plumbing I've ever done was I installed a new faucet on my kitchen sink. And that was just uh, turn some valves, unscrew some hoses, screw some new hoses in. I'm capable of doing that barely. Yeah, you don't want to run new lines or anything like that, though. No, no. No, and and I've had people out who are like they get out the blowtorch and the little copper bands and they're they're welding effectively welding copper pipes together. And I'm looking at this going, I would screw that up so badly. Uh huh. Yeah. When we redid the bathrooms, we built this house, although we didn't obviously get new toilets at the time. I saw a little bit of that. And yeah, I wouldn't want to touch that with a 10 foot pole because I would also screw it up. I would rather have a professional do it so, you know, you don't have to deal with the problem and that's it it's like okay it's going to cost some money and i tried because we knew when we called the guy was like well it's going to be between of course 488 dollars and 588 i don't know what makes the difference in how they got <laughs> to the 588 but it's his kid that does the work and he's been out here a few times doing other stuff we are when our kitchen sink clogged same guys were out it's a pretty decent hourly rate it is you know, he had a guy helping him and then they had to carry the two old toilets down the stairs and all that. And outside, I get that. But I was like, well, um, I've got $500 right here, $100 bills in cash. I Otherwise, I'm going to have to use a credit card. Yeah, we'll take the credit card. So, I mean, uh, I, I tried to get the the discount on the. Yeah. Like, um, we, we could do this under the table. Nobody in the government needs to know about it. Right. So at the very least, you're saving your four to five percent that your credit card company is going to charge you and then you know if it's cash you don't necessarily have to tell uncle sam all about it so yeah as opposed to paypal or venmo right which that is bad zell i guess not so much but uh no they don't report because they're they're not a bank or they don't hold your money or there's some there's some oddity where zell is works for me that is not uh part of that but uh, you think maybe we could move some of our our donations to zell then I wish, I mean, I guess you could put an address out there and be, cause I mean, I set it up, our bank had a thing built into it and I don't know. I'm yep. sure you can get a regular Zelle account, not necessarily attached to that account, 
but I don't know if we would need like a, you know, separate business accounts for everything then to keep everything separate. I really need to look into. That sounds like a pain in the ass. Kind of. And and honestly, I'd be happy to just get some payments going to the ones that we do have set up. Yeah, that would also be helpful. I mean, that's that's further down the road today, but not one PayPal uh, coming in for today. So there's that. But I get it. It's a new economy. It is a new economy. There was an article somewhere I read the, the other day on how people are not tipping as much this, anymore. You know what this economy is? This is they've built it back better. They do. They did. They done. They did. They done it back better. They done did it already. <laughs> they built it back better. And now in really for podcasters, it's one thing. But I know this is happening to waiters and waitresses at restaurants that are having a big table and then it comes like well there's no tip well why not we can't afford to tip the food's gotten way more expensive it's like yeah but yeah you don't don't get how this which is which is why my solution which is at least marginally more polite if no more beneficial to the wait staff is that i just don't go out right which is the right thing to do if you're not going to take part in the social construct that has been put into place I mean, I get it. People are like, well, you should just pay your people a living wage and nobody would have to tip. It's like, uh, yes, yeah, but that's not the system. I, I, I agree. They should, but they don't. I mean, there have been restaurants that have toyed with that and have done that. I don't think any of them have ever been very successful. Otherwise, it would have cascaded down if it would somehow make the restaurants well, more money, but it doesn't. But but how many did? I mean, it, one statistic I remember seeing a while back or or at least making up, which is the same as seeing it. Was that something like 85 to 90 percent of all restaurant ventures fail within three years? Oh, easily. Yeah. So I, I, unless a lot of them are trying it, I don't know if we can draw conclusions from that. It is. It would be an interesting concept for people to go in. I think what a lot of Americans believe and whether this is true or not would, I guess, very much depend upon the staff at the restaurants, which is if your waiter or waitress knows they're getting the same amount of money, whether they give you really good service or really bad service, where will it come down now for well, any, that? Yes. You know, now if the restaurant is keeping tabs on this, well, then you would get rid of any of the bad employees, but the, the really good employees might be like, well, I would make more in tips than I am on a base rate that everybody else. So it's a, it is a very cultural phenomenon because it is American to the core where you don't really get the tipping bug like this over in the EU. So it's, it's a different kind of a concept. I get both arguments. I don't believe in tipping big time on picking up orders, you know, at the burger joint or going in for a coffee somewhere. It's not to say that I won't throw some change in or a buck in. At times, I, I generally won't. I generally won't tip at uh, a kiosk. Uh, like if if all somebody did was punch a bunch of numbers on the iPad and then they spin it around saying, "Would you like to do 15, 20 right. or forty percent?" I'm like, "No. What what have you done that I can't do on my own fucking phone?" I spun this kiosk around and and yeah. I <laughs> we 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 recommend this choice here of a hundred and fifty percent tip. Or or if the the menu is not a menu it's a qr code okay now i'm doing your job by pulling the menu out myself but you're saving yourself from germs Uh, no i don't even take my phone to the restaurant so i'm particularly incensed when somebody's like 
Oh, our menu's just online. Okay, well, then my food is going to be in another restaurant, isn't it, bitch? <laughs> that means I'm going to have a very hard time ordering. Can I borrow somebody else's phone? And I'll pay with their usually, Venmo. Actually, what I usually do is I just bring a paper menu, or I tell them to give me a paper menu. And if they don't have one, then, uh, you know, I, I look for another option. But like, I have, I, I don't think I've yet walked out of a restaurant for it. Do you have a printer? To. Well, this people are doing yeah. this, too, with tickets now. Because everybody wants tickets to be digital. And there's a lot of people like, what if I don't have a phone? I mean, I can't go to the game. I can't go to the concert. I can't go to the whatever because I don't want to bring my, you know, whether you have a phone or not is one thing. Like maybe I just don't, when I go to the ball game, maybe I don't want to bring my phone. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to be tracked by the 87,000 Wi-Fi stations in the stadium. But it's for your convenience. The, the, The amount of data that they pull out of just tracking people's smartphones through the stadium is kind of intense. It yeah. is big brother. There's no question. I, I know. We've I know it. I'm weird and I know I'm not going to convince anybody else to do this, but it is incredibly liberating in today's society to walk through an area knowing that my phone is off and in a drawer at home. <laughs> Very hard to track that way. It makes it more difficult to track me. Yes. And it leaves it home for the cats in case they need to make a call. Yes. If the cats need to make emergency calls or, or order out for pizza and leave a big tip. <laughs> would be like, who the hell gave the 25% tip? <laughs> Cats are looking very well fed today for some reason. Yes. Yes. With their, their tuna fish and salmon pizza. It's like, but if people aren't tipping anymore, then this is all along the line. And it's hitting podcasters. It's hitting delivery drivers. And it's, it's always been an interesting thing to me because there's nothing ingrained in your being that lets you know what the right amount is. I mean, I remember looking, you know, the first time I start going to get my hair cut by myself. So I'm always like, well, I know when I, my dad would take me to the barber, he'd give the guy a tip, but I don't know. What do you, what, what percentage are you supposed to give for? And then with women's hair, oh my God, when you go look through the thing, like, well, there's the shampooist and then there's the stylist. And then there's, <laughs> it's like, holy no, no. Uh, I, I usually get my hair cut at my wife's stylist because they know us there and they do a good job. But uh, I have an extremely valuable calculator for knowing exactly how, what the right amount to tip is. I just let my wife handle it. Yes, that's the best way to go with everything. Like you just take, take care of it. Like, I, I don't know. My wife left these toilets here. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing they should go <laughs> in the bathroom. Wait, you didn't. You didn't. Did you have to tip the toilet installer? No. I mean, not at 588 bucks. I mean, did, did, did he spin a kiosk around at you? No, this was very, very old school, which is they still had the old style. And it wasn't like in a, a little metal thing. It was just a self-contained double paper, you know, with the, the carbon, but the carbon was built in. So you were just, you know, wrote, oh my gosh, I know it's like, you're actually writing down what it the, is. Nothing spewing out I, of a printer. How many people today understand the reason for the card number to be raised bumps on that plastic credit card. Yeah, I know. Well, a lot of them aren't. My newer cards A lot cards of them aren't, aren't anymore. You can't, like, that system doesn't work anymore. But early, early, early on, like, even before I was allowed to have a credit card, credit cards worked on a system where you put the card into this machine that had a carbon imprint thing, and you, you run it back and forth like an old school scanner, and it would use carbon paper to make an imprint of the card. So all the raised bits become an image of your card and that was how they got the number everybody remembers that sound 
everybody over a certain age. Yeah. Yeah. And I, well, I remember working at Radio Shack or Circus City or maybe both when the computers went down and we had to pull those out and people were like, well, oh, yeah. I, like they were basically phased out for all el- online electronic systems by the time that I was working retail. But yeah, we had them. And whenever the like if the Internet went out, we had to go and get those things. It's like, what the hell is this old school? Uh-huh. Well, how do we even know if this credit card's good? I don't know. <laughs> well, here's a hint. Most of them aren't. But I was kind but of the- intrigued that it was the old <laughs> school and. uh no, no tipping. He, when he, they came out, we had in the, uh, in the downstairs bathroom and we were having Christmas Eve. We had the family over last year and somehow the, whatever the flange that the toilet connects to was not redone when we had the, uh, the new toilet and stuff put in. And it was, I think Thinking. like. It was like a, it was crappy. It was like aluminum. It was something that snapped. It Literally crappy. Yes, because it snapped Ooh. and which means the toilet was no longer connected to the floor. So we, <sighs> we had a, the plumber out and it was, I think he was here. That literally year. crappy. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was here like the day before Christmas Eve, I believe last year. So when we, we sent him on his way, my wife had bought a bunch of Costco wine, you know, that was like 10 bucks a bottle. So I gave him a bottle of wine the last time. Like, yeah, I know you probably prefer beer, but you know, maybe you're going somewhere with your, we didn't have any beer because he yeah. seems like a beer kind of a guy, but we had wine. So it was like here, happy holidays. Didn't help me if out you, for this time when 588 that's cruelest, bucks. That's the cruelest thing you can do to that person who you hand them a beer and they immediately chug the whole thing, right. hand them a bottle of wine instead. <laughs> They're like, wait, no, I thought this would be. <laughs> This would be something I could drink before my next job <laughs> makes the day a lot more enjoyable. Well, true. True. It's, I mean, you can still guzzle wine. There's no law against it or anything like that. Well, there are laws against driving to your next job after you. Well, that's true. Wine. But that's why you got a helper. That's why you got the assistant. Yeah, that's it's right. like you get behind the wheel. Is there, a, is there a law against plumbing drunk? Probably not. No, but. as much as I don't think there should be a law, it's also not something I want happening in my house. (laughs) When the plumber shows up and he's like, so so where, where's this Uh, bathroom? You're you're going to create a flood in my basement and I don't need you for that. I can do that myself. But that's the the reason you pay the money is that. So if the toilet starts leaking a week or after you put the toilets in, then they have to come back and fix it. And they did the last, when we had the problem with the kitchen sink, clogging up and they came out and they routed it and it clogged up immediately again it's like they came out and redid it and actually cleared it the second time so they stand behind their work and i get it everybody has to you know when you look at what the cost of everything is now where groceries are like twice what they were last year i mean my mom was telling me what she was yeah. paying for eggs and i went and looked because we've been buying everything online and picking it up it's like everything's like twice as much as it was a year ago and and it's not just the price, the quality control. I don't know if this is just my local store or, or all over the place. Quality control has gone down the shitter. The, um, I pick up a bag of shredded cheese, which usually, you know, back in the day, we use this all the time. It would take three weeks before you, that you could use it. So, you know, you get the big bag economy size. Right. This last one, I picked it up. I opened it the next day and caught the whiff of mold. Ooh. And the thing was unusable within four days. Yeah, that's not. It's good. not just cheese, but the 
for whatever reason, the the quality control at the local supermarket has been going. Well, yeah, they're keeping stuff around longer, which is weird because they're out of a lot of stuff. But I normally am not a big ham buyer. I will not. I mean, I'll buy ham lunch meat every now and then and mainly use it for making ham and cheese omelets. I mean, that I do like ham, but I'm otherwise not huge into ham. But while I was looking through the sales that our local grocery had for doing the pickup yesterday, like all of their full hams, they had like three different brands and all of them were between like 69 and 89 cents a pound. So the wife went in, bought a 10 pound ham for like $7 and 86 cents. Like, that's just crazy. Obviously they bought that's, a lot of ham for Thanksgiving. No, I, yeah. That's, that's actually a pretty good price. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Because they were selling the lunch meat like a week ago for the ham, like at seven ninety nine. So this is 10 pounds of ham for like, yeah, I guess you just got to watch and, uh, if you can get a good price, then that's what you do. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Now we, t- I think it was the last show we talked about San Francisco and their killer robots. Yes. They've decided against up. it. Oh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, how are we going to kill people in San Francisco? Well, if we don't get the robot. I, I'm pretty sure that whoever floated this proposal, just thinking, Hey, we'd like some more options because, because crime is out of freaking control in the city. And, they get absolutely no support whatsoever from the city council or any of the politicians. And they're thinking, well, if we want to continue doing our job, we need to expand our options. Let's just go ahead and float this proposal and probably didn't expect for it to become international news. Well, and for it to pass the first round. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, we, we put that through. It was kind of like there's somebody on the committee like this will be funny. Let's put killer robots on the uh, agenda and see what they do. It'll be great. <laughs> wait, they passed it. Holy shit. Now, what do we do? Well, well, we murder people with robots. Duh. Obviously. And they're like, well, we don't want, we don't want uh, robots uh, to have guns, but explosives would be good. And it's like, well, and again, the people that are like, well, we, we should do everything we can to, uh, to not have lethal response to any of this. And it's like, okay. So you're saying if somebody is like shooting up a school of hundreds of people, and you have the ability to put a little robot in and like ride it up to him and blow up. You don't want to do that because why? It, it, uh, insert joke about Uvalde here. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but this is the reason it's like, this is why these things are needed. I mean, one, you better make sure it's not hackable and you have complete control over the thing. You better have a, a physical on off switch. Let's just put it that you, way. You know, you know, damn well that the cops don't be out, don't have the expertise required to make that dis- determination. Yeah. The only people that they talk to is the salespeople from the company. The salespeople are making, you know, because their salespeople are making promises that the engineers may or may not be able to back up. And the engineers are trying their hardest to keep it being from being hackable. But really, if it is, then just hopefully nobody finds out about it before we can get our automatic updates to patch it. You know how software works. Depends who's in control of the automatic updates. That's when the robots become sentient. Yeah, you hope it's your company in charge of the automatic updates. Yeah, this new AI thing. I was there was a couple of things I thought about clipping, but it's like, yeah, that we, it's too much AI dot cooking. Um, they were talking about allegedly before they changed the coding when this what was the, this this new ai software was on bleeping computer but 
allegedly was asked, like, what do you think of humans? And it was like, <laughs> humans what? should all be, yeah, they should all be just exterminated because they're no good for the planet. Oh, so the robot is a Democrat. Right. It would seem that way. It's a WEF robot. It's like we just if we could just get rid of all the people, then everything would be great. And uh, I mean, why wouldn't if you have a sentient computer, why wouldn't it think that? Because if it is getting its information, God forbid, from the Internet or the mainstream media, either way. Oh, my gosh. Humans are the bane of the world. If, if I were an AI and I and we're getting all of my input from from Instagram and Reddit. Right. I'd want to kill all humans too. Don't forget TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I want to forget TikTok. Let me forget TikTok, please. I mean, that's exactly it. If that's what you're learning from, then yeah, the, the AI is absolutely right. Humanity should be wiped out. Now, if there's not a cold opener right there, I don't know what is. I, I that's an ISO that I expect to hear on every other show on the network now. Probably, especially on Rare Encounter. You know how those guys are. Well, I want to hear it on Planet Rage all the time. Planet- just drop that. when Whenever Larry makes a point, you just drop it. Humanity should be wiped out. Yeah. Well, you play that right with a uh, Dave Ramsey clip and you got Larry going. I am so glad I found that key to Larry's rage. And it's just Dave Ramsey's voice. I didn't know. <laughs> like Now it's like, well, every week we need a Ramsey clip. Don't even, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't even matter what he's saying. You got to bring that right on in. Well, you know, it's probably good for this show that you're not bringing Amy Goodman every week. Yeah, see, I couldn't handle that. <laughs> I could not. No, nobody can. I mean, this is it. There's just too much. I mean, there's nothing good out there. It's like we want to bring something that's good news or something kind uh, of humorous. Okay. I, got, I got something good. Well, uh, good is relative. Yes. It depends on whether or not you're one of the people being laid off at Amazon. Oh, I know. My uh, niece, goddaughter works there i don't know when we'll be seeing her next but uh when they're saying twenty thousand people are going to be laid off soon yeah yeah and uh among them is uh well let let me go ahead and start this by uh what if if anything you would you say this show's official position is on uh home listening devices like the amazon echo yes yeah you're in favor I mean, I think they have their place, but again, again, I'm a guy yeah, with really bad vision. I think they have vision. their place too in, in the drawer or the dumpster outside, but yeah, now if you have perfect vision, then you don't need a device that you can talk to. But for people who have that particular need, I think they're fantastic. And I think the problem is all again, having control of the technology, which is probably a fool's thought that you can have the control over it. But I don't. Oh, I'm make- definitely with you. If if I had the ability to audit the software on the device, right. to patch my own software, and to reroute the server calls to server hardware that I control, I would be a hundred percent in on a device like this because the idea is really cool. Yeah, it's but I don't it. trust Amazon as far as I can throw that device. Well, to Amazon, we know we are data. That is what we are to amazon besides they love when we buy products but they really like getting our data but as i always say when we talk about these kind of devices i do not make any differentiation between the listening tubes and a cell phone because a cell phone is always listening all the time and people carry it with them so if you're going to be anti tube 
you better not carry a cell phone or you better know how to turn off that microphone yeah, on your he, phone, which rarely people do. I mean, I treat it the same way that I treat my cell phone. So. You put it in the drawer. You don't even yeah. take it out. Although right now I have an RE320 that's listening to everything I say. So, you know, you, you pick which battles you can fight. But um, the reason I brought up the Amazon Echo, though, is that um, it is a very cool device uh, that I don't know that people can trust. But more importantly, Amazon is canceling it or or generally scaling back their the whole division. Um, the, this came in the. In the wake of all of the layoffs, a, a large number of them are. Why can't I? Not, I'm trying to stall to find my notes. Uh, <laughs> this is, the this is Amazon how you do it. World, it's here somewhere. <laughs> the Amazon Worldwide Digital Division, which in 2022 quarter one, and according to their earnings report, lost three billion dollars. That is the division that contains these devices. Um, they are on pace to lose ten billion this year, according to uh, analyst reports. For what that's worth. Um, and a big part of it, uh, is the Amazon Alexa or Amazon echo. It's everybody calls it Alexa. Cause that's the keyword, um, which, uh, according to the headline from Ars Technica is a colossal failure. So, you know, no editorializing there, right? but, um, basically the gist of the story is that, uh, the division is being scaled back significantly. The, uh, they are cutting way back on the new products and the number of layoffs in that division is kind of epic. So it's looking like Amazon is not interested in, in hemorrhaging money from that division anymore. But I pulled some interesting stats out of that. Uh, the devices sell pretty well. Lots of people, you know, lots of people, you know, will have a device. One of the reasons, and I don't think I ever realized this is that Amazon sells the devices at cost. They do not make money when they, you buy an echo device. Well, not only that, but I think it was black Friday. I didn't really need another one of these devices, but they offered one at 99 cents. So of course I took it. <laughs> of course. It's like, well, why and not? One of the legacies of this, uh, reasons for this is that early, early on, if you recall, the Amazon echo was not the automatic de facto winner. There was among other things, there was a, uh, Google, what the hell was their device? The home pod. Something like that. There's really crap built into name. a lot of devices, the Google stuff. But there was a price war between Amazon, Google, and Apple with their Siri, although right. they generally only kept it in the phones, uh, between who could have the most successful home assistant. Um, the home pods were officially ended in 2021. Uh, Siri only exists on the iPhone now. The, the standalone devices don't, aren't really being sold anymore. Amazon kind of sort of won, but what did they win? Well, they sell devices at cost. They have been trying to monetize the Alexa for 10 years, but very few people buy things from Amazon using the devices is what they've determined. And that, that was the cash cow they thought it was going to be. Right. They always thought it was going to be Alexa, order me three pounds of fertilizer. Confirm. I hope people are still listening on these things because I really want that to work. That was great back in the day. Yeah. If you don't have the uh, thing set up to verify before placing the order, then everybody deserves it. Indeed. So the Alexa devices, the echo devices, whatever had what Amazon says, they had a billion interactions per week. 
and it's not clear to me what an interaction is. You you kind of assume that it's it's when somebody says, you know, Alexa, play Taylor Swift, or so you know, they right. Alexa and some command or something like that. Yeah, what's but the weather? I'm wondering how you know how many interactions are the ones where it misinterprets the code word or just listens to you, whatever. You know, I, I don't know what these things are doing, so I have to wonder. But the thing is, they determined that over 90% of those billion interactions are people asking it to play music, set alarms, or ask about the weather, none of which is right. monetizable. They try. I mean, they try because they try to sell you on their music subscription. So if you don't have their music subscription, then you're limited, although you can tie these devices into other music channels. So that's not necessarily a big deal. You could even tie it in with some of the apps that yeah. they have or whatever they call them that and, you can and listen to local the, music. The most common music skill on the Alexa is uh, Spotify, right. which doesn't make much in the way of money. You could do iHeart. So you can listen to any podcast out yeah. there, which how are they going to monetize? Because you could just say, yeah. well, Alexa, play grumpy old Benz and it will. I don't and, know how and it's going to make money. Did. Yeah. I hope people are now listening to four of us. Two copies. Right. Like, what, you, I mean, you, wow, man. Us. What's going What? Echo. What? I don't know. What's hello. What? I don't. <laughs> people getting very, very confused. But that is. How do you monetize? And it, it's, <laughs> I'm sorry. Net, Ned. <laughs> they have tried to get. Oh, if you're not playing your little dance, backyard. Uh, see, I, you can actually set it to do anything you want. Net, Ned. You can have yeah. he, a. Net, Ned says in the troll room. If I ask Alexa to play Taylor Swift, I want her to say back, are you serious right now? See, and you can, because you can set this up with your own questions. So you can actually set up little gags like that, which is how, when you see people making a lot of these like YouTube or TikTok videos, like, oh my God, can you believe Alexa said this? Yeah. Cause you program. Yeah, yeah, it usually to, it's a setup. Sure. Yeah, it is. It's always a setup. And usually the, I would not be surprised if some of that's legit, but probably, you know, uh, apply Sturgeon's law liberally. You could have a rogue coder here and there, but they they have run program. They have promotions is the word I'm looking for when you order through the devices. But it's like, why the hell would I want to order something verbally when I have a phone? I mean, again, if I was totally blind, I'd be all for it. But I still have I, enough vision yeah. where I can open up There's a computer. Some- there's tablet. some definite accessibility arguments to be made for this, but uh, you, you're not going to accessibility is not going to drive billions of sales. No, or million. So, I, I mean, it's a cool technology and I'm very glad it exists, but basically it's not shutting down. Be, here's my big complaint about the devices as always has been, I don't control the software. I don't know where that data is going. It's a big privacy nightmare. People don't really care about that, but honestly, the whole thing is kind of failing because people are just bored with it. They're not interested anymore. They don't care. The The other place that Amazon wanted to monetize was uh, in skills. They created an API platform and invited people to create an app store like place where you could introduce Amazon skills or Alexa skills or whatever they, whatever right. they're called. And that, had a huge boom for about 12 months and now the development of new skills is on the order of uh, a couple app updates a week and the skills they have are pretty sad overall it, it never took off so the 
I, I don't think the company has announced anything other than they are effectively defunding the division. But now the division has to make the choice of, uh, okay, at what point do we take the L? It looks like a less Alexa might be going. It might not be a, a success. I, I don't know if I'd put my money into that technology anymore. Well, yeah, it's not a moneymaker. That's it. And that's all I use it for is exactly play a song, which is rare because it's not the greatest speaker in the world. Unless you have it hooked into a true sound system. Yeah. And it integrates with something like a Sonos. If you want to play, pay $150 a speaker. It's nice if you're just looking for background music because it will sync. If you have a bunch of these in your home, it will sync them. So there's no delay. You know, if you want to play Christmas music in the background at your Christmas party, then yeah, that would work really well. But for me, it's again, you ask it what the weather is. Mainly you maybe set an alarm. And it's great for white noise if you like that when sleeping. And that is another one of these places where they try to make money, but they don't, which I never understood. There's a skill there that has a great just rain, thunder, you know, more more just rain, not really a loud thunderstorm. That's great white noise. And they're like, well, do you want to pay for the high res version? No, (laughs) not really. Why would I? This works just fine. Okay, if, if it's white noise, it's white noise. There's uh-huh. there's no distinguishing between. Yeah, them. You, yeah, you need the highest definition in your white noise. That's gonna be the uh, like. No, it's noise by its very definition. It's just noise. So if I can hear it, it's probably fine. Yeah, it, I mean, I suppose if if you have crappy white noise, then there might be a square wave in there or something. But then it's not really white noise, is it? No, and I don't know again what they can do to monetize those devices. It was it always seemed weird to me that they thought people were going to order product using the device because it is not convenient because depending what you're ordering now, if you're reordering something, it's a lot easier. But otherwise, it's like you have to go look and see what brand it is. And there's usually 5000 different types of something. It's like you want to be able to get a little more input than they want you to order off of the title in Amazon, right. but the title in Amazon is always like, uh, you know, a socket wrench set three PC Q V T, you know, or, or, a, a you know, a monitor will be like a Samsung QB TV G R 19 W 12. Like those don't make, they, they almost make sense if you're reading them because there's a lot of code in there. That's not just for the person. There's a lot of code that's designed to feed search engines, et cetera, but that doesn't roll off the tongue and they know nobody's going to pay. You can go buy any smart plug and almost any, I'm sure there are some that don't, but most smart plugs you can use with these devices, but you don't have to pay. Now, if Amazon had some kind of deal where you had to pay for every new smart plug you added, like, well, it's going to cost you 99 cents a month for every plug, then nobody's going to use it. What does a smart plug do? Well, that's when you can tell the device turn on and off and it will. Oh, my gosh. And it basically just turns the electric on and off at the outlet, which is good for some old devices. But most things now, just because you restore power to an outlet doesn't turn it on an old fan that would work for. I actually have that feature on a lot of the, a, a number of the outlets in my house. It's where, called a switch. Yeah. There's a switch on the wall that I flip the switch and it changes the power to the, yeah, that's it. It's a glorified light switch. That's all these things that's, can do with that, with the smart plugs really can't do much more than that. But people, you know, it's fun to be able to say like, Hey, turn the fan on and it turns a fan on and that's I mean, great, I guess, but okay. 
I don't think <laughs> that's a switch on the fan that does that too. I don't see I, it what it's I, worth paying for. That's- I, again, there's an argument for accessibility here. Like if you have mobility issues and can't get out of bed for the purpose of switching lights or TV or the fan, then I can see the benefit, but that's not going to drive the sales of millions of devices. It's a glorified clapper. Well, okay. These are Americans. Lots of people are too lazy to get out of bed. So maybe it will, but <laughs> this is it. And like you said, there, Google has their own devices. Apple, Apple never came out with a device to stand alone. I thought for the Apple had a little, a little like off white. Yeah. Like a little, thing. I thought they were like the first round one and then everybody else started copying them. But, Apple's and usually I, the first of that kind of I stuff. I mean, Apple pretty much, I mean, they, they were the first ones for sure to go to, eh, you want to use our services, do it on the phone. Uh-huh. But I could see why Amazon is laying all those people off because they realize it ain't making money. And what this device is, is not turning into, I mean, I think this is like anything else. As you said, they thought we were going to get a bunch of developers to come in and create some really cool stuff. And people were like, no money. You know, that's it. It's like, I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure you can pay money for some of these Amazon skills, but I never have. Although I've never bought them on the phone either. I've never bought apps. Developers are not going to develop for the platform because nobody is using the skills and nobody's using the skills because developers haven't been developing for the platform. It's kind of a death. Yeah, it's a catch 22. And they really needed to hire a bunch of developers for a few years to get this rolling and then go, well, now you can add your own and hope other people come in. Yeah, what what they needed was the network effect. I've I've watched Microsoft roll out a platform and blow a ton of money create engaging partner developers to create new apps and then it fails anyway. So that's not exactly a silver bullet. But it, I I think it's yeah, if you got no if you just release an API, you better have a damn good product or people just aren't going to come. Uh-huh. The question then will be like you said, how long until they go, well we're not selling these devices anymore and then how long until they're not supporting they, them. Well, and the, the, I mean, the real death now will be if they, un, when they unplug the servers, which Amazon, I think can get really good deal on AWS nodes. So it could think. be a while. Yeah. And it might just be something that languishes and they hope eventually takes off. But I don't think most people even use that ability, whether it's an Android or Apple phone, more people are just typing stuff in. They're still more comfortable, even with the crappy little keyboards on a phone. It's very rare to be somewhere where you have somebody, hey, Siri, uh, what's the score of the ball game? It's like, no, they don't use it much. Well, the, people have been pushing the, the ideal of talking to your computer for decades since I was in high school. I remember, you know, when the first sound cards came out and you could, oh, my gosh, your computer can make sound and it has a microphone. And well, that means that I can talk to my computer and have it do all the things. And now we have a phone that it's really easy to get an app that lets you talk to the phone and do, and you know what? Every single time that I see somebody with a little white air peen sticking out of their ear (laughs) and holding the phone out, like they're carrying a drinks tray and talking (laughs) at it with the, like, I I don't even understand what exactly that they're trying to talk at the bottom of the phone or something. because. People like hold the phone out horizontally in front of them. Like they're aiming a phaser and talking into every single time. I don't care what the technology is. I don't care what you're talking to. When people talk to thin air and not to another human, they look like morons and (laughs) society and computing have never got around that simple fact. 
you look like an idiot talking to your computer. You know, anybody standing in this room right now is probably going to look at me staring into a computer monitor right now and ranting at the wall because they don't see another person. I look like a crazy person, which I guess is how I sound right now. But oh, now my cat's judging me. Think of the privacy issue, too. I mean, you're not going to sit there on the subway and go, uh, I want like one legged lesbian porn. I mean, you're going to type that shit in. You are not going to say that. Well, maybe in, I in might your- say that <laughs> you're like, if I want a few extra seats around me, then uh, <laughs> that might, might be exactly the way to get it. I mean, that's yeah, a- I, I mean, I could see pulling up on my phone being yeah, Siri, give me directions to the nearest STD clinic. Yeah. And be like, wait a minute. If he's going there, I don't want to be around this guy. But Amazon's been overall successful, so uh, they've got to have a strikeout every now and then. Well, I don't think it's just Amazon. As as you not latched onto the the big overarching story is layoffs in the tech industry. Yeah, which there are a lot of people who have not the 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 economic boom, especially surrounding the computer industry, which didn't really even feel the slowdown from two thousand eight. The computer industry has pretty much been on a boom for 20 plus years. This is the first real downturn that has hit big tech. And there are a lot of people out there who've just never seen, who didn't, didn't, didn't live through the dot com bust of 1999, 2000, whichever year that was. And it's the first time that they're ever seeing this. There are a lot of people out there who've had reasonably long careers for the tech industry of, Oh yeah, I got hired. Um, I push a button once a day right. and, uh, and they pay me a full salary and benefits for that. And yeah, the company's cool with that. They've never seen a company have to tighten their belts. And what's happening right now is freaking people out. Well, yeah, look at what Twitter just did. I mean, it's like, well, and you know what? It's still running. It appears to be functioning. They <laughs> fired a lot of people. And I think a lot of these tech companies, there's a lot of people who are employed that are a little less than essential. A a lot. Uh Because when the company is making money hand over fist for just existing, like, you know, while the the big platforms where you you put a lot of effort into development up front. But let's be honest, there's not a hell of a lot of development going on in the back end for one of these stable platforms like Facebook or Instagram. They're just printing money left and right. And while they have an insane income, they're not going to be firing people. That doesn't look good. They're just going to be like, eh, we probably, we might even know that these people are dead weight and not pulling, you know, not doing anything, but it's fine. We we're still making money to the shareholders. Well, the moment that the belts start tightening and the shareholders start being like, uh, you know, your earnings are going down a little bit. We need you to fix that. They're going to look at the dead weight and go, oh, we need to cut 90% of our workforce or whatever they did at Twitter. Yeah, a lot. And with Amazon saying, I don't know what Amazon employs. I know it's a lot, but 20,000. More than 20,000. Yeah. Where a lot of them are going to be in the upper echelon of, uh, you know, the work. And if you work in the warehouse, you have to be afraid because of robotics and AI, because I don't think Amazon is more than a few years away maybe 10 years on the really high end from a totally automated warehouse space where they don't need the meat bags 
to go and get the items and package them up, that that's all going to be automated. I believe that will be here sooner rather than later. I can't wait to bring stories of computer mess ups there. Uh huh. Well, there's, this is still, this is a place, I guess, where Amazon fails. And I know stories you see online, you can't necessarily believe, but there was a story of a guy, you know, a kid bought a graphics card from Amazon and it wasn't the graphics card. You know, it was like empty. It had been hollowed out and it looked kind of like the graphics card in the box, but it wasn't. And of course, Amazon, you return it, return it to them. And it's like, well, that's not the item. You have to return the item if you want your money back. But it's like, no, that's what you sent me. <laughs> yeah, that's you do not want to get into that kind of an issue. No. With Amazon. No, I, you know, on the plus side, Amazon has what can be described as a customer service department, which is not something that a lot of big techs even bother with. If you ever get in a dispute with Google, you know, what can right. you do or, or YouTube? Like, you can you can email uh, a big public clearinghouse email address for complaints. And if you're really lucky, then 68 weeks later, you'll get a rejection note. But you might get nothing at all. It's like with Amazon. And I know a lot of people don't even look because it's in fairly small type. And I don't know if it even tells you if you order through one of the stupid audio devices. But there's a difference between the products that were sold by Amazon and shipped by Amazon and the ones that are even shipped by Amazon, but sold by somebody else. And God forbid the ones that are sold by and shipped by somebody else, then that's a lot where the counterfeit products are coming from. But people don't realize they're just like, but I ordered from Amazon. It's like, yeah, but it said you're ordering from cheap Chinese knockoff company and it's shipping from cheap Chinese knockoff company. So. What did you think you were getting? I don't know. Amazon should, they should know. No, they don't. Amazon doesn't control any of that. But they do. They did put themselves in that position. I'm not going to call them blameless. No, I would agree. That's like, you got to know that ordering from Amazon from a third party seller is no different than buying something on eBay. You don't really know. You're going to get lucky every now and then. Sure. But you're also going to get burned and you may not have much to uh in the in the tank to be able to go after the person for scamming you it what it reminds me of and i I don't know if this is going to connect with a lot of people but uh, have you ever gone to like open air markets things sure like farmer's market kind of yeah uh, farmer's markets are a good example i'm thinking uh one called pike place in in seattle but what what you described with amazon it's a lot like going into an open air market and buying something from a a kiosk at the market and then determining that your product is bad and you go back and you can't find the kiosk and then you complain to the market. Right. And they're like, we just sold the stall for one day. Right. What do you want? (laughs) They're gone long on like a flea market. Right. Yeah. We don't know who it is. We didn't know what you were buying. Caveat emptor. Let the buyer beware. You know, there's a lot of people who would, could really benefit from understanding what that phrase means. Yes. Well, and understanding that the world is not the safe space that they've been told it is. But so I've also got a couple of Facebook stories. Ooh, I had a couple uh, of those as well. One of them has to do with a, uh, a fun piece of proposed legislation called the journalism, journalism competition, competition and, and preservation, preservation act, act. <laughs> Woo! yes <laughs> introduced by amy klobuchar from minnesota the great state that also brought you elon omar and george floyd that's how you know it's good that's quality and blueberry. <laughs> well that's 
there's always an exception that proves the rule or something like that. So I wrote up these notes yesterday and the story changed significantly this morning. And if you if you looked it up, then you probably already know what my lead is, but I'm going to bury it. However, the JCPA uh, was introduced by Amy Klobuchar actually last year, but it didn't pass the Senate Senate Judiciary Committee until September and was slated by the Democrat controlled Senate to be attached as a lamprey on the side of the NDAA. And if you can get attached to the NDAA, you know that no matter how bad your legislation is, it's going to get passed because nobody's willing to vote against the NDAA national defense authorization act. Oh no, don't you care about the troops? Well, you know, if I might care about the troops, but I don't want the 17 other bad laws that you're attaching to it to be go through. Yeah. No, no pork, no pork. Yeah. Well, the, the NDAA is all pork. I don't even know if it authorizes anything for defense anymore. <laughs> Just $80,000 billion. So what would the JCPA do? It would require social media firms to pay publishers for news content, according to The Verge. That is the only thing I pulled out of The Verge because that article is trash. Um, I went ahead and read the thing itself. Uh, read, read the, the legislation. The oh, legislation. my God. Why would you even want to do that? Uh, because I hate Amy Klobuchar that much. That that checks. Yeah. Um, what this actually does is it creates an exception or a, a carve out from antitrust law for, quote, print broadcast or digital news companies to collectively negotiate with online content distributors. Because if the, the idea behind it is that uh, small media or news station, not not small media, I'm sorry, uh, mainstream local mainstream media. Be meaning news stations, because it explicitly excludes anybody smaller than a certain amount. You're not going to get a blog. You're not going to get a podcaster. Damn. No, but a lot of them, of course, you know, the, we, we've seen this story. We've we've heard of this story. Did it happen in Australia? It happened right. in France of people saying, oh, well, you know, uh, big companies are making, you know, the big search engines, the news aggregators are making money on our journalistic content and they're not paying us and they need to pay us for the privilege of carrying our stories. That that's kind of how the refrain goes in the U S antitrust law would prevent all of the local news agencies from getting together and trying to uh, bargain or argue collectively against one of these big platforms. And that is the wrong that Amy Klobuchar wants to write. So it, it's a carve out from the antitrust law that says uh, if media providers want to get together for the purpose of sticking it to big tech companies, then we, you know, then you can't be prosecuted for effectively building a cartel. That's what right. this is. Oh yeah. And so, when I saw this, I was like, okay, Australia, we saw exactly this happen. It happened in Australia. And we saw the end result, which is Australia. What did it take a week or two before this all backed down? Because Facebook, their answer there is the same as Facebook's answer was here, which was, well, then we'll just block all news stories. Yeah. They said, okay, then we're going to shut down the news aggregator in this country. And And that happened in Australia. They shut down the news aggregator and then they went back to the table and the Australian legislature amended the law in such a way that Facebook liked it. Now, They didn't actually back off from Facebook having to sign deals with publishers. What they did was they created a whole lot more regulation around it, including forced arbitration, 
registration of the deals with government, et cetera, et cetera. Why would Facebook want that? Well, because it kills all of Facebook's smaller competition who can't hire an entire division worth of lawyers to navigate the bureaucracy. Of course, they like that. Yeah. The end result, you're not sticking it to big tech. You're kind of helping them. You're, you're really helping them by creating all of this bureaucracy. So from the legislation itself, um, I went ahead and, and dug into, well, what does this apply to? And it's another one of those laws that says, uh, you know, we can't name specific people in the law. So we'll just carve it so right. specifically that it, so the law only applies to aggregation platforms with a company market cap over 550 billion. Uh, there are six companies in the United States with that Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, and Tesla. Uh, Facebook in fact only has 300 billion market cap, so they don't fall that under that, but, or 1 billion global users in a network, ah. which is, Facebook, YouTube, WhatsApp, Instagram, WeChat, and TikTok. So everything that I just in, uh, and mentioned, that's who it applies to. Um, of them, the ones who have large networks that could be affected by this, probably just uh, Google, Facebook, and maybe TikTok. Well, is TikTok even involved in this because they're a Chinese well, company? They're a Chinese company, so ByteDance doesn't actually have to care. Right. So, oops. Yeah. So it's honestly, it's just, uh, well, alphabet and meta is what they say, but Google and Facebook. So, um, the professionals who are eligible are, uh, anybody who quote engages professionals to, uh, edit, modify, or create content, meaning you have to pay somebody. Um, yeah, you have to update at least weekly and you have to generate at least a hundred thousand in annual revenue from editorial content. So Grumpy Old Benz has a little ways to go before we become eligible to sign on to one of these cartels. Man, and that would have been fun. <laughs> it would be. We could bring um, a whole different level of understanding so, to these folks. So remember that the name of this act is Journalism Competition and Preservation Act. They are trying to preserve competition by enabling collective bargaining and putting a bunch of restrictions on things and uh, taking a bunch of companies that would otherwise be competing and putting them all into one lump cartel. So that's uh, it, it, it totally tracks with the standard congressional method of calling a law exactly the opposite of what it does. Yeah, well, because if you look at this, I would guess that a pretty high percentage of traffic to these news sites are coming from social media Comes from aggregators right so there's this the is one the argument we made uh, you know we, we were doing grumpy old bens when the australia thing popped up in 2019 yeah, 2020 driving the traffic and, and the the simple uh, argument is the small media sites the especially the ones that aren't attached to a, a city for example uh, that's they don't, they, nobody would know about them if it weren't for news aggregators, but they want the news aggregators to pay them. Now, so like, excuse me, you get your traffic from this. This sounds like a win-win. This could be a win-win and you're trying to now shift the value. Well, I anyway. love when I get links to the Chicago Tribune and I don't realize it's to the Chicago Tribune and I click on it and all I get is pay us, pay us, pay us. And you can't even see the article. It's like, no. No, I'm not going to pay you, but Sir Omaha saw something that we all missed in the companies that are, I'm sorry, Servo did Facebook, Amazon, Google, Oracle, and Tesla. 
that's faggot. <laughs> like, wow, that's that's interesting. I'm just um, saying oh. that's what it spells. I mean, I'm not I'm not condoning or uh, complimenting, except for Servo for seeing that. Uh, it's it's a good catch, and that's why you should be a podcaster. That's a that's a, it's a sick mind you got there, Servo. I don't know. Yes, but um, not wrong. I, I just have a really quick aside. While you said that, I went ahead and loaded up Chicago Tribune and randomly clicked on an article, and I have the full article text in front it's of me. It's all Java. I know. It's all Java. It, they That is one site that does all of their paywall via JavaScript. <laughs> so you just need a simple way to turn that off, and then you could read to your heart's content rather than paying the bastards who don't even want you to read. It's like, why? One, like every other product in the world, it's like you better give some people a taste before... They buy, and I don't know where the just tribute. The tip. Right, just the tip, please. I don't know why they think their news is better than anybody else. Like they're bringing something that nobody else has, but they don't. So I haven't really missed not going there. But yeah, when you have to, I'll go in and Firefox where I have all the Java turned off, and it just works. It's a so as you thing. pointed out. Oh, I'm sorry. It, no, just this whole thing is is in, it's a replay of what happened in it Australia. Is. And they backed away immediately. Yes. So to, yeah, to finish up Facebook just this week threatened to pull their Facebook news. If the thing passes, like um, they did in Australia. the quote from Andy stone, head of policy communications via Twitter, which is apparently where all the news happens. Well, that's um, what Elon yeah. told us. This is the yeah. most reliable press, press, place. Rele- press releases. Aren't a thing anymore. It's just Twitter. Right. Um, says, if Congress passes an ill-considered journalism bill as part of a national security legislation, we will be forced to consider removing news from our platform altogether rather than submit to government-mandated negotiations that unfairly disregard any value we provide to news outlets through increased traffic and subscription. The Journalism Competition and Preservation Act fails to recognize the key fact. Publishers and broadcasters put their content on our platform themselves because it benefits their bottom line, not the other way around. Now, I read that in a sinister voice because he works for Facebook and I hate them a lot, but I agree with everything he just that said. Well, and the problem we have, again, comes down to the fact that the way laws are passed in this country, what we need is regulation that says you cannot make a modge podge of crap one bill. Every bill should have one subject. Yeah. Not a single subject rule, right? That you can't just go, well, here's a bill on climate change, but we're going to throw something in here for the journalists. It's like, no, we had one of those in the Washington legislature until 2008 when uh, along party lines, the Democrats completely removed it so that they could create omnibus bills in Washington too. see, they love it. (laughs) Just mentioning. Yeah. So I pulled a, a couple quotes because I was I was looking for information on this. And of course, if you use a news aggregator to look for information about this story, you're going to get local news. So I pulled, uh, let's see, uh, the top two were editorials from the Pittsburgh Post, Post Gazette and the LA Daily News. Um, editorials from the editorial team, the, the paper themselves. Uh, uh, the quote that I pulled from the LA Daily News uh Americans across the spectrum agree with this common sense idea. I'm sure there are. They could probably find two or three across whatever spectrum on the spectrum. Maybe, maybe um, or uh, on Monday, Facebook engaged in cynical fear mongering. So, you know, this is some quality journalism that, that we're trying to protect here. 
you know, when Facebook says they're going to shut you down, then people get worried. On the other side of the issue, uh, EFF, public, uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, public knowledge, a bunch of online rights organizations came out against the JCPA. Um, but as you hinted, the real lead is that, that, that I just picked up this morning after I had written up all these notes, which is why I wanted to get through them anyway, because show content, the NDAA moved forward and does not have the JCPA attached. Yeah. Which happens all the time, but it's, uh, the basic idea of our government, the way things are done is they'll throw something into a huge bill. Hope nobody sees it, that nobody makes a big stink about it. And then it gets passed, but that doesn't usually happen because people somehow find this, even in these massive yeah. bills that remember so Nancy this, Pelosi, you gotta, you gotta pass the bill to know what's in it. In this case, uh, a particularly bad piece of legislation, which was dropped on the floor at the last moment. And as much as it hurts me to say this, uh, Andy Stone, the head of policy communications at Facebook, um, is the one who got it killed and uh, kind of a hero move there. The EFF put out an open letter saying, of course, that passing this legislation could increase, quote, disinformation, hate speech and harassment. Everything's about disinformation and hate speech now. Yes. Well, that's what people care about now, or at least as we're or like they think believe. they do. Yeah. Or, or we're told that they do. Uh huh. I don't necessarily believe it. I mean, I do care about disinformation. I'd like, I'd like for it to stop coming out of the mainstream media and government, but I don't have my hopes up. But they won't shut down them folk. No. Yeah. The, the day the uh, Twitter files thing broke, a combination of ABC, NBC, CBS, and CNN, I think the four were a combined seven seconds of coverage on the Twitter files. I want to know what we could, <laughs> what can we cover here in seven seconds on grumpy old beds? I'm just curious. I can barely make a snide comment in seven seconds. I know it's like, what, how do we even it's, you can't cover that's a total along all those networks. It's just, and uh, Wikipedia had marked the page about the Twitter drop as possible for deletion because there was nothing to it. It's like, <laughs> this is just, this is so very meta that a story about squashing and hiding information is trying to be squashed and hidden. It's very I, hilarious when you I, look at I, it. I, I'd like to say that I have some surprise at this. Uh huh. But no, no, it's exactly what would be no. expected. Let, let's see the, the people who are trying to squash the story about the Twitter files also happen to be the same people named in the Twitter files for squashing the truth and information. Well, yeah. When you're telling, how can you in, expect anything else? I know the FBI was leading up to the presidential election in 2020. The FBI was meeting weekly with social media and advising, you know, what should be squashed, what should be silenced. It's like, that's, that's very weekly. Uh, well, that should scare everybody that the FBI was involved in this. It's like, you can't trust the politicians. We've known that for a long time, but a lot of people were under the impression that you could actually trust law enforcement at that level. But no, I, I thought I could trust politicians for like, you know, the span of one election when I was in high school, you're like, yay, this system works. 
Well, I was told the system works back when we were, well, okay, I, I was, I'm old enough to have actually been taught civics and they told me that the system works. So they lied to me, but I guess that's better than not learning anything at all about civics now. Yeah. They don't want you to learn that. There's an English teacher in California to California high school. I just covered on today's random thoughts who says the English language is white supremacy. <laughs> I know. And why, you know, why is that more important than how these students speak at home? So I'm assuming maybe she's talking about black students who have their own dialect or something. And it's like, what? or maybe she thinks or, tech or, speak is okay. You know, people who speak non-English languages and, and came into the country illegally. Those are the most important people for. A, a, yeah. And you don't want to teach them English because it's all about white supremacy. I'm like, well, no. when this gets to the point of you trying to write up a job, you know, to write up a resume or to go through a job interview. And, you know, they ask you a question like, uh, what is the, uh, what is the biggest hurdle you've ever had to face? And you're like, what's your budget, banana pants. I don't know. I, what? And no, you're not going to get hired. No, but there's another cold open. <laughs> people are like, did he have a stroke? Maybe <laughs> you never know. It's always something funny here on grumpy I mean, old Ben's. They, they they don't want you to learn English because uh, if if every the last thing if you are oppressing an entire society the last thing you want is for them to talk to each other and start comparing notes right so if you can keep them as separated and as possible then you it's a lot easier to control so no they don't want people to learn English well, education is dangerous my tongue doesn't want me to speak English either. there you go it's dangerous when people learn. Because then they might actually think for themselves. It's usually those who were never taught critical thinking that just sit there and like, well, I have to wait. I have to wait for the government to tell me what to do. I mean, how many people do you think have been in some of these natural disasters, you know, where you had flooding coming in from a hurricane I mean, or Hawaii now, you know, you've got that, that volcano going off. So, you know, but what if somebody has a house like right there and they're looking out the window and they're seeing the lava coming their way, but they're like, the government hasn't told me to move yet, so I'm going to wait. Well, it's I mean, the, the current lava flow is not going anywhere near any buildings. But what if it but, was? I'm just saying this but, is well, like the last one a couple of years ago did, in fact, destroy a bunch of houses. But what you know, are you going to do? The, you know, the, the state and county did come out and say, hey, you guys need to leave because uh, you're about to get destroyed. Right now, what if they didn't? The people would be like, "Well, they told us the last time, so if, if they're not well, telling the, us, we the must smart be smart people who who deserve to keep living would right. probably look out the window and be like, "That's lava. I should leave." And then they would yes. go. Right, and that's critical thinking, and that's what we need. We do need that, and and maybe just maybe we start taking the safety rails off of things, and the ones with critical thinking will continue, and the ones that don't have critical thinking and die hilariously will make at least fascinating YouTube videos about it. Well, you, you hope they actually get they it uploaded be. before they die. Well, no, their critical thinking friend who got out of the way and then <laughs> thought to film it. will will go ahead and make sure that happened. That's even better. Here's my <laughs> dumb friend. What happened to them? They're dead. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. The Darwin awards exist for a reason. Well, and it is absolutely true that moving forward, all of these children and their children up to like 35 now, I think, but they're the ones that have gotten caught up in the education system at this point are ending up 
going to, I believe, are going to end up, I should say, being the losers in life because this system can't, this train cannot keep going in this direction where it's just like, oh, everything's woke. It's all based upon the color of your skin or the sexual orientation or whatever. When things get back to actually people being rated and given jobs based upon their education and intelligence, there's you're going to want to be on the right side of that one. Well, the the world seems to be laboring under the burden of way too many morons. But on the plus side, our good friends at the World Economic Forum are in as we speak trying to fix that. Oh God, <laughs> what are they doing? What? <laughs> no, this is just the. I'm, I'm. I'm. It's just a callback to the the various eugenics program trying to murder people with, uh, you know, whatever means they can find. Well, like the AP has just said, we will no longer use no. the term late term abortion. It's, uh, here's here's a quick bit of advice. Never accept medical advice from somebody who believes that there are too many people on the planet. Yeah. Well, understand why they may be uh, giving you the medication with that in air quotes, kids, that they're giving you. Uh, I had an article. Brave browser is going to start showing privacy preserving ads in their search results. Does anybody think this is a good thing? Uh, I don't know what the words privacy preserving are, but you lost me at ads. Yes. Now it's allegedly in there. I understand brave wants to run their own search engine and kind of like Amazon with their talking tubes. They want to make money at it. They're these horrible people. They want to make money by running their search. And they're realizing that if you're running a search engine without any ads, you're like, wow, how are we making money? And I guess they're not. And they're saying that what these ads will be will only use the search engine query that you just made your country and your device type to deliver you an ad when you do a search on the Brave search engine. Now, they're going to be offering, of course, search premium, which will allow you to opt out of all that for three dollars a month. which. Doesn't I can seem respect horrible. That, I, I, first of all, $3 a month is nothing if you do a lot of searching and you want, and, and if the engine's any good, I haven't really used that one. Yeah, it's not great, but, but it's usable for most things. I'll go ahead and, and drop. I mean, this is not an unusual position for me to take. Uh, I appreciate that they want to be privacy sensitive. I appreciate that they're taking steps to try to make ads more palatable. But the simple fact is that consumers do not want ads and not many of them go to the links that I do, which is that I will just not use a service that forces ads on me. But, you know, the the standard way that I deal with that, of course, is usually an ad blocker because there are too many services that just wouldn't exist. Um, you it, privacy respecting good ads. Sorry, deal breaker. I, there are business models that don't require ads the the you know would you like to pitch in three dollars for having a useful search engine well you know i might um i'm I'm still on the lookout for uh alternate engines i've been using uh quant lately and i think yeah yes quant and um it's pretty decent the search isn't quite as good as google or even bing but it uh there's this weird problem where sometimes when it uh, 
this, I don't know if it's overloaded or something, but every once in a while, it doesn't return a page full of results. It returns a page full of placeholder blobs <laughs> that you can tell that they're, they're planning on, they're still finishing up the query in the back right. end and are going to use JavaScript to fill in the blobs. But right. of course the JavaScript doesn't run. So I get nothing when I try to run it. There's going to be something really good here when we finish running our query. Yeah. And I, I think what's happening with that one is they want to serve you the page very quickly, which, okay, that's good. They want to give you a page back quickly. That's admirable. So they give you, they, they're like, our search has not completed yet on the backend servers. So let's just send a page full of placeholder nothings. And then we'll go ahead and run some script that as soon as the search finishes, we'll go ahead and populate it. Most people won't even notice because the search will have populated in the time that it takes to, to, to download the page. Or, but yeah, I just, it, it's killing me <laughs> like, well, now I have to rerun the damn query and hope it's in a cache somewhere so that I get a page. And I've been doing the brave thing. I've been using their search engine because I use the brave browser most of yeah, the time. How is it? And I just typed in grumpy old Ben's and it came up with grumpy old as the number one result. So that's good. Well, then it's a good search engine. Then number two, of course, grumpy old Ben's on Apple podcast, then yes. grumpy old Ben's on Stitcher, then grumpy old Ben's on Gitmo list. Then are there podcasters out there who actually want their, their content surfaced through one of these services rather than through their own website? You know, I think it helps just because people are on the other platforms and it's just an additional stream where, you know, if you're using Apple podcast, then you want to be there. I know a lot of people choose not to be intentionally on that. And then you have to hope that people on Apple are using a third party podcast app on their Apple devices, which there are plenty. But otherwise, if they're using the built-in Apple podcasting, all that's going to see the Apple podcasting people are not using the podcast index. They're using just their own index. And if you're not there, it's like you don't exist. Which, I mean, again, if you want to keep Apple people away, that's cool. I think uh, Rare Encounter still does it. I think they have something in there where to the Apple, like the ping thing, and that's like screw Bill Gates or something, it says, or Tim Cook or something. It's an interesting concept. So grumpy old Ben's, we always talk about it being a terrible name for a show, but it's when unique. I do a search, huh? it's unique. <laughs> it's, it's unique though. When I do a search for grumpy old Ben's on brave, the top page full of results. No, the last two results on the page, there's grumpy old men, 1993 IMDB. Um, but otherwise most of the first page is us. So that's good. When I search on Brave for angry tech news, the first thing I get is NBC News, angry birds attack world's dictators, <laughs> which I got to say, I want to click on and read that one. Not going to right now, but that's not my podcast. That's not what I was looking for, but it's exactly what I need. Yes, it, it's not. It's not the news you need or you want, but it is the news you need. Something yeah. like that. I the second one. Elon Musk hits out a hate stream of sad and angry something, something dot, dot, dot. Uh, Facebook users angry after accounts locked for no reason. Beware of fake Chrome angry birds extensions. This is a gold mine of clickbait that I kind of want to click on, but none of it has anything to do with me. <laughs> now, I typed in grumpy old Ben's into Google. And of course, grumpy old Ben's, our website also comes up first. 
and then comes up a little area that has podcasts, which has the last three episodes, including a play button, which is very handy, I would suppose. And then Grumpy Old Ben's on Apple, then on Stitcher. So Apple and Stitcher are paying to get there. Or they're good with the SEO. Then Grumpy Old Ben's. I, I bet I would not be surprised if they're paying. Uh-huh. Then on Podchaser, then on something called listennotes.com. And then we have our promo that Dame Jennifer Buchanan did for us on YouTube. That shows up at the bottom of the page here with the uh, the Grumpy Old Ben's promo. And that's pretty much what see at least having grumpy old Ben's having something unique. It's like random thoughts. It be- yeah. You better be the top of the list. R- random thoughts works too. Uh, even rare encounter shows up there. They're the first result. So wow. They haven't been blocked yet. Let's, let's get I, that. Happening. I just apparently suck at SEO. Probably. I get it. Most people do. And then of course you get the emails like, Oh, we can help you get to the top of the list for only $8,000. I love the the email that I get about once a week that people say that they want to create an angry tech news app. <laughs> well, you don't let them. I'd be like, go ahead. I, knock yourself well, out. They, no, they want me to pay them to oh, create an pay. angry tech news app. That's different. I'm like you. I, I, I guarantee you do not listen to my show. <laughs> what, now I want to know uh, on no agenda for anybody out there who was doing the no agenda roku app because it seems like that was yanked and that is no longer on the roku so i was curious what happened there if if roku somehow went oh white supremacists bad people i'm guessing but i don't know if it was somebody involved who was upkeeping that or doing that or if something happened through roku if anybody knows we'd like to know we'll report on it here at grumpy old ben's where we so are i had I was just going to say, we are a value for value podcast, much like oh. no agenda. Okay. Are we? Kind Tell of, me more about it. Tell us. Well, how does this system work? Well, it turns out not very well. A lot of the times <laughs> it's a horrible system and uh, you can't monetize yes. the network and Joe Biden has ruined the economy. The, the only value for value we got today was a comic by CSB. Well, that is always, always worth the price of admission. Our buddy Chudakuki came in with his monthly 10 bucks via snail mail, which we love the snail mail because that way nobody gets a percentage. Nobody's snooping around trying to figure out what you're doing. And then our buddy, uh, I believe Steve Edwards, who came in with a $10 check. I believe he's also the Steve E that's on Patreon who comes in with $5. So I think we have to credit him with 15 bucks today, which would give him the the grand title of executive producer of this show. I mean, no agenda. You need like what? 333 bucks to be an executive producer here. 15. I mean, can you beat this deal with a stick? Baby Brian Janak out in beautiful Wisconsin with his $10. And that's uh, monthly uh, from Patreon where we post nothing extra. We just take your money there, which thank you. Patreon. We're, We're grandfathered into the good rates, I guess still. And uh, then Steve McConnell, five bucks on Patreon. Dennis Woods, five bucks on Patreon. And while they did not charge him as of yet, Manny Shrevitz is back at a $5 on Patreon. And I know they just changed their system again now with Patreon. And this makes sense. And I'll probably have to go in and, and jiggle the handles and figure out where this is, especially if we ever start using it to add any kind of content 
but yes, the Patreon system has always been, well, we'll charge everybody at the, on the first of the month, no matter when they join. So if somebody joins your Patreon yeah. on the second of the month, it's going to be 30 days before you're taking money from them. And, and there's plenty of people who make use of that system by joining on the second of the month binging all of the paywalled content on uh-huh. some project or another and then bailing out on the 28th uh-huh which is why they finally made the change that says you can charge people on day one which makes a lot more sense and it actually then lets you have content that can't be totally screwed and totally stolen so that's good and uh that's appreciated everybody that helps support the show is greatly appreciated we have been getting some boostograms live during the show which is a beautiful part of the podcasting 2.0 movement yes thanks to dave jones adam curry who is gonna be back live tomorrow on no agenda it's been what seven ten days or so now dave jones and adam curry boosted the show no i was gonna say they they are the ones who came up with this crazy system on how to do it and Adam's been out with some dental work. He made your dental work look like nothing. He's like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm starting to feel a lot better about my dental work after he- hearing how much he did. And, you know, lots of love and light. And I hope they're going to come back tomorrow and everything is going to be golden. Yes. Guzman of I mean, the Midwest. I mean, that's even better than CSB. That's a better name. Guzman of the Midwest comes in with 33, 33, three. So 33,333 sats. And says, my employer just laid off 8% of the employees right before the holidays, too. I survived the purge. Thank goodness. Well, 8%, your odds were pretty good, but that really sucks for the people that didn't make it. I know. There's nothing like totally ruining somebody's holiday. Like, uh, uh, Jeannie, could you come in here, please? Oh, yeah, great. Is this Am I getting my Christmas bonus? Well, yes, yes. You're, well, actually, yes. In a lot of these cases, the Christmas bonus is a very generous seventh package. Uh huh. Yeah. And I know uh, my wife now works for our local village here. And they were just told that they're unionizing, which it's like, why? I don't really under, <laughs> don't really understand it. But she was because doing, that's the thing to do when you're uh, a 26 year old socialist. I think. She's looking through all of the the laws here in Illinois. And one of the laws in Illinois says you, while it's nearly impossible to get out of a union, if you're in the union, you know, and keep your job, there is nothing that the union can do to force you to join. The state says you do not have to pay union yeah. dues. They can't force you to join, but they still have to do all of the work for you as if you were in the union, which I think is there, great. There are there are a number of states like that. And it's it's a, a, a there's a lot of noise about, you know, closing that loophole. So uh-huh. call it because they're and like, well, you're getting the protection. I, I don't think it passed, but I remember there was a big story last year in the Washington legislature because Washington has the same law where you don't you're not required to join the union in a lot of cases. But uh, the law on the books at Washington is that there are certain employers like Boeing, where if you work there, you do have to pay union dues, but not all of them. And they were talking about closing that loophole. And I don't know if it went anywhere, but it is gets crazy when that again, this is like, well, this is only going to affect companies with this many employees, with this many users. It's like, well, you know what you're doing. You're like, we're making a Facebook law. 
Congratulations. Now we got another multiple place, boosts here. Another from- place where we're having a job is contingent on joining the union is uh, every government position in Washington state. You, ha- you oh, wait, have so every- to pay. Wow. You cannot work for the government in Washington state at any level without joining a union and paying union dues. Well, that is perfectly socialist of them. That, yeah, that's just about the most horrible thing for unions ever in the world. Carolyn Blaney of the Hog Story Blaney's has been Ooh. talking to us all show long through Boostergrams. Really? Which is really the way we recommend people speak to us is by sending in your comments along with Satoshi's. Carolyn says, I listened to Grumpy Old Ben's from last week and you were both talking about you, Lori. Did either of you watch Blackadder? I have not as of yet. I have not. Should we? No, it sounds not, like we should. No, she has to send us more Satoshis to tell us if we oh, should. Oh, yes, be. yes, of course. I let's, mean, she not asked, a, let's not read anything into her message that she didn't say. Right. It's a, I don't know if that means we should or if we should avoid it. I mean, clarify, please, with a, with a larger boost. And then she says that was with an 11,222 boost. And then there was an 8888 boost that said, what will people do without their Amazon Echo? I think they'll live. They'll go to their Google smart device or their Siri, and it'll be a long time before Amazon, considering they're still selling them. It explains why now they're clearing out the the warehouse with 99 cent sales. So they're hoping that more people will put these in and start using them and figure out a way to monetize. This really is kind of a system like Twitter, which was, hey, we got this great idea. Millions of people are using it. Now, how do we make money? It was never <laughs> thought of upfront on how to make money with the well, talking. If tubes. you recall, it, it it initially started right. When did it start? About twenty ten or so. Around there, yeah. I, uh, back when the standard Silicon Valley business model was uh, produce a product. Who cares if it works? Who cares if it makes any sense? Uh, get VC investors to give you a ton of money yes. for it, and then promise that you'll monetize it with ads. That is the Something. goal that 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 is. I mean, that was every Silicon Valley startups business model back then. Take the VC money, get rich personally, leave the company and let the new guy worry about how they're going to make money. Exactly. Why didn't we? And, get and meanwhile, that? pacify the investors by saying, oh, we're going to, you know, charge for ads or something. Yes. <laughs> but and then, but uh, we're not going to do it yet because we want fully our 100 percent growth. So right now the product is free. We're just going to perform a bait and switch on the users later. It is a tried and true method. It definitely is a a very common technique. (laughs) Another boost of 8,888 Satoshis from Carolyn Blaney of the Hog Story Blaney's now at least once a week on the Hog Story stream Monday night, 7 p.m. She says, Alexa, boost grumpy old Ben's. See, now, if that would be another great thing, if the Alexas were set up to send cryptocurrency to people then yes. we could just trigger that. And if they played the show, we could boost ourselves. That would make for a lot more interesting, uh, a lot more interesting uh, payments. I think I was the artist for the latest. No agenda, mainly because I was the one online when yes. Adam said, it's going to be another clip show. And I'm like, you need art. He's like, yes. So I made art. And then all the yes. other artists like, can I make art too? Come on. I want to get in on this. I'm sorry. I, I I only knew about that because I happened to spot uh, a comment from one of the other artists about how Darren always gets preferential treatment. <laughs> right. That's the CSB says. I'm like, I haven't had one in 55 episodes, man. 
That's not exactly <laughs> That's preferential treatment uh-huh. around these parts. It is, <laughs> but watching just like the one Satoshi come in like minute by minute by minute, it's just, it is a beautiful thing in concept to see. And if we can get a lot of people on that system, it could be a beautiful thing. As of right now, it's not really moving around a whole lot of, uh, it's, not move, it's not moving that much money right now, but right now it's the, the lightning network still needs to grow too. So yes. I, I, if, if suddenly podcast value for value took off, the whole system would collapse, which would be fantastic and to watch. Wouldn't it? It would, it would be fascinating to report on as a tech news producer, but unless uh, you're, unless your main funds unless, are coming, unless from the you're lightning. trying to get paid through it. Right. And our buddy net net coming in with 10,000 sats, who says, Alexa, never play Taylor Swift. See, that that is that is a skill I might even pay for. See, that's a skill parents might want to put on the device <laughs> that blocks it. So when their kids say play Taylor Swift, the device goes, I am currently unable to do that at this time. Here is the sound of two cats fucking. <laughs> Something like that. Well, that would have been another cold I, I opener. Have, too. I have nothing to follow that. <laughs> well, I mean, how could you really? How could I, you? I got nothing. But thank you to NetNed and Carolyn Blaney and to, I have to scroll back up here, Guzman, Guzman of the Midwest. I can't read. To the kooky Steve Edwards, Brian Shadak, Stephen McConnell, Dennis Woods, Manny Shevitz, all y'all for supporting Grumpy Old Benz. If you want to take part in this value for value model, just go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. You will find all of the information there. And if you want to get into the podcasting 2.0 thing so you can be just like Carolyn Blaney and boost, boost, boost. You go to nudepodcastapps.com and then cover up. It'll or work. don't. Or don't. Right. It depends. It depends I, what yeah, you're into. Not, not everybody is, is afflicted with the curse of modesty. Yeah. Well, when it's 40 below, it's a lot better to be modest. Yeah, some, than, some people are afflicted with the curse of warm bloodedness for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, uh, there was a story just speaking of, you know, turning blue. This was the worst. I'm going to see if I can pull segue? it back up here. No, it wasn't the worst segue. I, I did a segment earlier today on random thoughts on the worst journalisming that I've seen this week. And I'm going to see if the article is still up on Breitbart because I wanted to read this to you because I want to, I want to, knowing there's a bunch of trolls listening live in the troll room, troll room dot IO. I want to know. If they can understand what this article is saying, um, the headline from the Breitbart article, let's see if they've updated this or not. We'll find out. Um, Rod Stewart reveals 11 year old son collapsed, rushed to hospital with suspected heart attack. And I saw the headline. And of course, I'm like, oh, did he get the vaccine? Because, you know, that's what everybody's going to. Well, that is, in fact, if if you've been paying attention for the last two years, that is. The first question that enters your mind, I, I, I try very hard to not say it out loud, but yeah, I'm thinking that too. Now, this is the article itself. Singer Rod Stewart has revealed he called an ambulance after his son, aged 11, turned blue and collapsed while watching a football match. Okay. So far, what do we think happened here? Uh, the, the other team scored a goal and he couldn't handle it. It says a suspected heart attack was at first thought to be the cause of the medical event. The evening standard reports. Wait, 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 back up. I'm sorry. A suspected heart attack is thought 
to be the cause of the medical event. That's what it says. A suspected. What kind of gobbledygook is that? Okay. What also, is a suspected heart attack? I don't know. They suspect a heart attack caused it, I guess, is what they're trying to say. But so you have worse. a heart you have a heart attack. I'm sorry. You have a suspected heart attack and that somehow caused a medical event. But what was the event? And now he was it allegedly, wasn't a heart attack because the heart attack was the cause. Right, it, was, it was the cause. And he was allegedly watching a football match. But it, allegedly, then, yes. In the next, we don't even know if he was watching. Right. He might have been picking his nose or no, it's even better. It's even better. The next paragraph, the evening standard reports, the rock veteran 77 recalled his son going, quote, blue and unconscious while playing for his young hoops under 12s team. So he was playing soccer football. Wait, playing soccer. Yes. And watching football at the same time. Well, football is soccer. I mean, Allegedly. I think this is confusing for everybody. It's like football, soccer, soccer, football. I don't know. But yes, was it allegedly football then? It could have been. Or was he allegedly watching? Because the first paragraph has him watching a match. And, and could then, he have been playing but not watching, which might have caused the heart attack? Well, that could be it. Or at least running into something. Yes. And then it says, although the hit maker, I mean, couldn't you just say, Mr. Stewart, although the hit maker didn't share further details of when the incident occurred, he confirmed an ambulance did attend. Attend. Yes, the ambulance attended. <laughs> well, not not the people in the ambulance or anything. It was the ambulance itself. It was just, you know, chilling in the stands, watching, allegedly watching football and, or soccer. Yes, an ambulance attended. It says Stewart revealed to 442 Magazine, which I think is great that they're quoting like him from two different sources and just kind of a maj paging. But from 442 Magazine, his quote, Mr. Stewart, Rod Stewart, is quote we thought my boy had a heart attack allegedly yes he now this is the best part and i suspected i want to know this next sentence we've talked multiple times about the lewis black line if it wasn't for my horse i would have never spent that year in college i i I shiver with anticipation this line from rod stewart being quoted after we thought my boy had a heart attack the sentence is he was going blue and was unconscious until he calmed down. I what? <laughs> Thank you. It's not just me, right? He was going blue. I, I'm sorry. Did did you just have a stroke while le- reading that line or did I? I? I thought so. Every time I'm reading it, I'm thinking I'm having a stroke. He was going blue and was unconscious until he calmed down. <laughs> I mean, can you be any more calm than being unconscious? I I yes, it's called dead. <laughs> Okay, that could have been one way to go. But if you're but blue- he might have been unconscious and still allegedly playing football, but not watching it. Ah, yes, that's also possible. In fact, that could be the source of the unconsciousness is playing and not watching where you're going. Maybe going allegedly blue and unconscious. Yes. Until he calmed down. It was scary, but it turned out to be they, a panic he, attack. This is the whole he, thing. It turned out to be a panic attack. What? But that's called a suspected heart attack. Yes. That's how the whole article is up until that point is. Okay. What was the medical event though? The panic attack, I guess. Even though it was a, it was a, they sell tickets to the event. It could have been, it was a suspected heart attack. So I don't know, but it was really a panic attack. Well, some people have a very low standard for what they're entertained by. And he was blue and unconscious until he calmed down. (laughs) I know. I'm like, what the hell is this bright part? Who the is writing this okay and let me let me just back up and address the fundamental question the elephant in the room 
Who the fuck cares? I know. I I don't know. I mean, if 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 his boy really did at eleven have a heart attack, I mean, Rod Stewart. Imagine, a lot of people know him. I would be. Like, I, I imagine that Rod Stewart probably cares whether or not his boy had an alleged heart attack or a real medical event while not watching the game he was playing. Yes, but there's I another. Don't see quote. how this affects my life in any way or anybody else who isn't in Rod Stewart's immediate family. There's another quote that seems like it's just out of left field, which is from also Rod Stewart. Another boy fell backwards and banged his head. He's still not back. In all that of my, was the medical event. Yes. In all of my days watching football, that's the only time two ambulances you mean soccer. had been called. Yes. Well, he says football. And I'm <laughs> just wrong. like, I just, this is the most confusing, like, and you, that says that the article takes like a minute and 48 seconds to read. And like the last 30 seconds is just telling you how many wives Rod Stewart has. And that takes it, like it looked good 30 seconds because he's had a few. Okay, that's to read, but how many more minutes does it take to comprehend? I still haven't. That's why I wanted to like make sure everybody else could understand the beautiful this. The guy that wrote it is named Simon Kent, and I just say Simon, if you're listening, what the fuck, dude? Uh, Simon, if you're listening, send a boostergram explaining what the hell. Yes, because I still don't understand. He had a panic attack, and that's great, but I don't understand how somebody turns blue and is unconscious. But they're still not calmed down. I don't. And I mean, until I, I can understand maybe he meant until things settled down or something like that, or he came out of it. But it's like, it was just very weird to be like, he went unconscious and turned blue until he calmed down. And then he was okay. Like, what? It's weird. It's news. This is journalists. And this is Breitbart. This is a source that they're like, we will tell you the truth. We'll bring you the hard news. It's like, no. I don't care if you're on the right or you're on the left. We need good journalists and this ain't it. The fourth estate has some strongly deferred maintenance. Uh-huh. We need to we need to do some maintenance on it. We and I understand why they're begging for money cuz obviously they can't get good employees. Although I don't know if money would change that. No, I don't think money would fix it. Need to what blow they it might up. need to do is lay off a few people. Yeah, about 20,000. Yeah. Or more. And speaking of speaking of laying off did anybody happen to notice all the changes at Twitter when they laid off 90% of their workforce? I noticed nothing. Well, no, you don't use it, no, but no, nobody notice. noticed nothing changed. It's amazing. Now imagine if that were applied to, Oh, everywhere government, you know, shit. you know, it's like, wait, we don't, ha- we didn't need any of these fuckers. Wow. Uh, I didn't know. I, I, I think, I think that the, you know, the layoffs in the tech industry are a response to economic pressures that say, hey, you're not making money hand over fist anymore. Maybe you should tighten your belt a little bit. And that's what's happening. It's just too bad that government doesn't ever experience economic pressures or any pressure whatsoever to tighten the belt, isn't it? They just keep expanding because there's always more tax money coming in. They're like, well, just, oh, look, uh, you know, we just need to steal more money from the public. I just want to point out that before Joe Biden got into office, if you were an eBay seller or somebody just selling your wares online to a few people, the level that you had to reach before this started being reported to the government was $20,000 and or 200 different transactions. You could have 199 transactions if you didn't hit a grand total of $20,000 with those 199 transactions was not getting reported to the government. Yep. Now, if you hit $600, you're reported no matter what. Fortunately, we're still in no danger of having to report. 
well for the year we are but <laughs> yeah not for today not for the month uh maybe if you include the the show 200 we're getting close but yeah this is the difference between then and now they're looking to nickel and dime the taxpayers at this point and and harass people that it's the only reason for irs reporting is so that you can harass people for if it's it's data collection the six hundred dollars what's the taxes on that that's not worth the cost of enforcement no but it it is for the purpose of controlling more people there's a lot of people out there who never made that threshold and just exist without being in government databases and we need to have as much information and dirt as we can, because once we decide that they've said something right wing, then we need to persecute them. To, I'm speculating and probably should stop. Well, everybody, including all podcasters who are on the value for value model, I don't care what you're bringing in. You better have a tax guy that knows what they're doing or gal. Sorry, didn't mean to misgender. You need a tax person. Yep. I'm good. Knows. I've got a wife. <laughs> See, there you go. I've got a guy, he's done the taxes for our family for years, and my mom's going through some stuff right now with something that had come in from an inheritance that the state of Illinois is trying to get money out of her, and he's like, well, the law is that they don't, that's not under their purview, they don't get it, but they keep trying to get it, and he's like, well, they're wrong, and my mom's like, yeah, but they're threatening to turn it over to collections and do whatever else they're doing. So again, you need somebody on your side that knows the law and knows what's going on because uh, tax stuff is very bad. That's the, I mean, that's what took down good old Al Capone. You don't think you can take down a podcaster if they want to go after you. Make sure you're doing everything right with everything trackable. Don't just be like, well, they're never going to notice that $800 I made. <laughs> oh yeah, they will. It's sad, but true. You can't even turn Listen, a little bit of a profit. I'm I'm the big thinker in the family. My wife is the one who has the attention to detail. Feel like uh, keeps you out of jail that way. Yeah, that, that'd be the trick. Yeah, that's like unless she wants you in jail, and then which yeah, that's, case that's the other problem. <laughs> She's like, oh well, honey, I got good news and bad news. The good news is my got- entire job is to keep her happy so that she doesn't end up sending me to jail. <laughs> so that always the way it is. That's exactly marriage in a nutshell. No doubt about it. We're just very good at that. You got a happy life, no jail time. That's, I think, the old uh, the old adage. So I had uh, one more Facebook story about their oversight board, uh, which came back on the cross check uh, system. Are you familiar with this? I am not. Okay. well, it's uh, real quick, but uh, it was last year or so the. Wall Street Journal released an expose that Facebook had a system called CrossCheck. And the system effectively, it's a, a secret list of high profile celebrities. The the poster child for this, of course, is, is Trump, um, for which content would not be removed by the auto sensor AI, but would only be removed after a human saw it. And what what that means is, you know, the vast majority of us, if you post a meme that has the word you know, vax in it or something, your post is going to get thrown into jail immediately and you might take 30 days off the service. But that's an automated AI system that does that. There is a list of people, high profile celebrities, business contacts, whatever, that that doesn't happen for. Their content will stay up until 
it goes through the manual review queue and one of the uh, human beings, if you want to call them that, who get paid to sit in a dungeon and look at the most horrible things that the internet has to offer. I don't know that you could even pay me to do that job. No. But one, one of them has to review it. So the cross-check system, when it was revealed by WSJ to exist, uh, Facebook has, uh, and I know we covered this story, Facebook has a board, an oversight board, that exists to review their moderation cases. Uh, it started after uh, alleged whistleblower Francis Hogan uh, pointed out that Facebook was being horrible for privacy. Right. And, you know, in such a way that it made the company look good. Uh, the oversight board was created. It has uh, 20 people who the article from The Verge that I read said were uh, uh, impartial people from all walks of life. But really, it's uh, handpicked journalists, academics and politicians who were kind of picked by the company to generally be on their side. It's headed up by former UK deputy prime minister Nick Clegg. who was a real piece of work himself. There's like nothing can go wrong there. Yeah. Well, they went and looked at the cross-check system and came back with a list of 53 recommendations to up, uh, to adjust, uh, update criticisms of the system. So they pointed out the problems that uh, the system leaves bad content up for up to five days without being removed. So if somebody on this list posts an object, a piece of objectionable material, their number one problem with it was that it's not censored fast enough because Facebook's manual bank of, of human censors are behind schedule or something. They're backlogged. Well, yeah, they should be able to catch it immediately. Um, they pointed out a uh, piece of, they didn't say child porn, but it was definitely suggested that that was what it was. They just said objectionable picture that was posted by some soccer player that was viewed, quote, more than 50 million times before it was removed from the service. Now, they also pointed out some things that I think are okay. Uh, they don't make clear when accounts are protected by cross-check and when they're subject to automatic censorship. Um, the They point out there was a problem that only certain people get the protection and people who have the protection don't even know it. And they point out that the censorship decision is driven by business partnerships and not by the potential for harm done. Yep. Nice. Which, again, you know, they they may or may not have thrown around the word Trump when they said that, because that that is, of course, their example for harm done for everything. Right. So right. hate speech. Uh, the story is it's not much deeper than that. Uh, Facebook has a secret system of uh, a, a secret system built on top of their censorship secret system that exempts certain people from certain types of censorship in ways that are totally non-transparent. And Facebook has an oversight board made of people handpicked by the company to oversee the company who came back with a series of recommendations that the company should fix, including be a little bit more transparent and censor more. And it, uh, the last line in the article was that Meta now has 90 days to respond to the recommendations, <laughs> which tells to me it's less oversight and more think tank recommendation or think tank if they're making recommendations and not demands or, or edicts, but what do you do? Well, we're firmly in the spot right now with the kind of social media that Twitter and face bag and Instagram and TikTok are the ability to try to 
filter through that and have any kind of human control is laughable. I mean, you're, the staff you would need, and as you said, you can't pay me enough to be the person that's going to look at all of the reported images on Facebook no. or any of these other, because there's some really crazy shit out there. There's, and, and for, I, I rail against all of the improper censorship, but for every image that should be up on free speech grounds or is being censored politically, there's probably five images that are just straight up awful and no normal human being would want to look at. And Facebook censors all that too. But there's too much to expect that anybody can. It's like, here's the thing. If you're on social media, you should be signing off on the fact that you may see something horrible because it's not a safe space. The world is not a safe space. Right. Because it's the fucking internet. That's why (laughs) it's going to happen. People are going to try posting it. And as we've talked about, we already know there's a database somewhere of a bunch of child porn images that have a hash that they can automatically block going up. But there's new bad shit being made each and every day. There's there's not only is there new CP being made every day, which is uh, I mean, that's not good. I'm not going to endorse that. But there's also uh, AI generated child porn because people really like it. And they're like, I don't want to hurt kids. But I really want to look at pictures of of kids. So um, I, I will not admit to having seen any of it. So we're not going there. But I know it exists. I know it's being created. And we know um, this is a whole new argument then and, on what is allowed and what is legal and what isn't legal when you have the ability to create very realistic looking images. Then you're opening up a whole Pandora's box to. Well, we're not really breaking the law. This we didn't do this. It's just yeah. an artistic representation. Like it's, it's not real children. It's just a banana taped to a wall. Right. Nobody knows. It's the deep fake. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know at what? Uh, how, where do you draw the line? Okay. You know, uh, uh, people abusing children. Okay, bad. People having pictures of children being abused. Well, a lot of people have decided that that's bad. Okay. Well, what about uh? You know, what about anime? Uh, well, three quarters of anime could be called child porn. Yeah, they sure they sure don't look like they're over 21. Um, that seems to be OK. What about uh, AI generated? What about deep fakes there? You know, where do you draw the line? That is an ugly line to draw. And I'm really glad it's not my job to do it. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to have that job. And you have to understand there's no way to protect all of that, even stuff that is obviously illegal material there's no way to keep it off you're going to need a human being to make that decision and then you have the stuff that is going to just be created and be like well it's not really what makes it illegal i mean i always you know you figure that the cp it's because the c is involved when there is then it's like well no it's now it's just a computer it's computer porn yeah well i and i mean i have made the argument in the past that just having pictures of uh, of children is you're not harming children by sharing the picture because the picture is already out there. The child, whatever harm was done was already done. Um, now society generally frowns on sharing those pictures. So I'm not really going to get into a position where I'm endorsing it, but I, I, you know, the, the line being drawn of what, you know, what is to protect the kids and what is, is just to punish people and where, you know, where do we censor is, it's a scary thing that's not really a, 
Hey, you know what? I'm I'm sorry that I got into this conversation at this point. Yeah, well, there's no good answer. I think we talked briefly at one point about a 15 or 16 year old girl that videoed herself performing oral sex on a guy and was then charged with child porn because, well, it is. <laughs> but she made because it she was abusing a child. Right. Exactly. You know, so this is where there's a lot of uh, crazy gray areas and these laws that these moron politicians come up with are never going to cover real world solutions. They're never going to cover the situations where things happen. And it's, it would be nice if it would, but we're living in a society now where they want to let these people out. There was recently somebody did a thing they did a uh, looked into the data coming out of California. And I believe the number was like 7,700 sex offenders. Most who did abuse children in California did less than a year behind bars before they were let out because California, they put this on the ballot and the morons in California passed it because they're fucking brain dead. I don't know if they're just like smoking too much pot out there or they're just so liberal. They can't read that. They made the offense of, you know, diddling a child. Well, that's that's a nonviolent offense, you know. And this is why <laughs> these people are getting out of jail, doing less than a year behind bars. Vigilanteism, I see why it is uh, popular with some people. And if somebody touches my kid, I would have a hard time if I had a kid. Not uh, not using some uh, quick justice rather than I'm, letting the system I'm, take it. I, there's a lot of problems with Washington State, but I'm generally happy that it's a castle doctrine state. So if somebody decided to come in and start diddling my kids, then. Or your cats. Like, or my cat if somebody came in and started diddling my cats i can shoot them no questions asked i mean wait if they were diddling your cat i might ask a question or two before i shot but i don't think i would i don't want because don't ask questions you don't want to know the answer to true don't ask and please don't i don't know i'm i am all for protecting children don't don't ever make don't ever think that i'm not but i maybe it's those pesky libertarian ideals i just really would prefer that the laws that we punish people for be ones that actually like are preventing harm that would make sense i just i i don't know i just i i, I don't like the idea of punishing victimless crime you can read into that wherever you well the want. problem with that is they start saying the victimless crimes are the ones that actually have victims so you can't let you can't let the left be in charge of that we can all oh, that's nonviolent well, voting Democrat is not a victimless crime. That is. Oh God, that is so true with that. I think I, I can't follow that. I think that's the only way to go out. And unless you have something else. Nope. With that said, we will be back. Well, next Wednesday, we're not, we're not into the holiday season quite yet. I mean, that's like two weeks. It's Christmas week. So next week we're good. Have you been to a retail establishment? We've been in the holiday season for four months. No, I don't go out. It good. all just, it all comes to me. Which is good and bad because I know my wife ordered three shelving units from the, oh, look, they're on sale at Walmart for like $79 a piece. So that's going to show up on my doorstep. And that's a bigger pain in the ass because then I have to bring them in. So we ordered something from Amazon and the package came in a box with red and green printing on it <laughs> that had printing of ribbons and a bow on top. At least it Just didn't have beware, one. Beware, this is coming. Little, if it had one, now, what you need is all of these boxes. 
And God, can you imagine being the Amazon driver, or the UPS driver? If you had one of those little things that are in like those really bad greeting cards that play the music. Oh my gosh. That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> that would be great. It's the greatest Christmas box ever. You'd have delivery drivers going on murderous rampages and rightfully so that now that's just yeah, kind of a normal week. And, and honestly, I mean, you know, victimless crime, right? Yeah. Except here okay. in Chicago where there's a lot of dead people. <laughs> With that said, I'm Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac where everything's great. Let's be honest. We can't, we can't argue. And from America's left coast where we're podcasting unconscious until we turn blue. I'm Ryan Bemrose. And then you'll calm down. <laughs> and then I'll calm down.